Hello, fans of Let's Video Podcast. Welcome once again to our episode uh, post-match after the European foray against Praha at the Bernabeu. Uh, I hope everyone has been good. Uh, it's been a, a good evening, I hope. And uh, before we go into things, let's just you know get a feel of the room and see how everyone's doing. Uh, Doris, how's it been? It's been a couple since we've been last been on together. How have you been? Um, I've been good. I've been good. Uh, we haven't seen each other in, in a while, and of, of course, I'm always the most excited to chat with you, Faruk. Uh, we always get on great tangents. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 excited to see what this uh, episode will will be about. How about definitely, you guys? definitely. I do agree. You know, it's it's, it's exciting. So it's always, you know, it brings a bit of excitement. I mean, opposite excitement for anyways. It's excitement is excitement anyways. I don't know. Yeah, Mo, how are you doing, man? You good? Yeah, Farouk. I'm just happy to be here, you know, in your presence. To be graced by you is like, you know, football players, they're saying, oh, I'm lucky to play at the Bernabeu. I'm like, I'm lucky to be in the same podcast as Farouk. So. Indeed, my friend, like, you know, you should understand the value of what you have right now, man. Jacob, what's up, man? You good? Yeah, man, like, uh, unlike these guys, I'm like seeing your face pretty much every single day. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to your greatness, so, you know. And no words necessary. But that's the thing, Jacob. Actually, you know, when you're used to these things, you actually don't understand the value of it. That's the whole point. That's true. <laughs> See, so it is. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, maybe you need to take a bit of a step back to actually understand the value of what you have before you lose it. You know, but then anyway, that's 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 a discussion for another day. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 it was a very good evening at the Bernabeu. I think it actually goes against uh, what I predicted, or rather, what we both predicted. You know, during the preview with. Uh, with the FC Braha guy, and actually we were talking about how the game could actually go in favor of Real Madrid, albeit having very scrappy goals. And you know, uh, we also discussed about what the formations would look like and what what, what would you would look like. So I'll just come to you, Jacob, first. Like, what what, what was the most surprising team that you saw in you know with the starting eleven compared to what we had you know discussed in the preview? The starting eleven, yeah, man. Uh, no Hoselu. Uh, I guess Brahim uh, coming in was. Uh, kind of expected since Bellingham, you know, had his issues over the week. Uh, not a lot of surprises for me. Uh, this was a very standard, uh, and I was really surprised about seeing uh, Lucas Vasquez. Though. I thought maybe just to get all three points, we would definitely have Carvajal. But then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of surprises, Doris, I want to take your opinion on when you saw Brian Diaz in the starting eleven. Like, were you skeptical as I was, or were you, you know, all it's all fair game? Well, last season if i saw diaz i would have been mortified you know if i saw that name in the lineup this season uh we saw like we saw that ancelotti was not you know putting his best lineup out there so definitely why not uh i don't see a reason uh for him not to play um i mean if he was going for uh, a safe when I, I don't think this would have been the lineup anyway so you know yeah actually that's 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 very true actually you know uh even uh, when i saw brian actually i was a bit skeptical but then you know uh the point is also you have to you know give bellingham the chance to actually recover given that he's basically the star man of the team right now now i'm going to come to you more like you know like, let's start from you know the very base of the team you know we had andre lunin come in to replace kepa albeit it was a late change that was forced by you know Injury and what is on what is not like. Uh, do you have any news on 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 Kepa and like how 
worried are you with you know the absence of Kepa and you know the introduction of Lunin into this game and also going forward to other games? Uh, honestly, I don't really know like how long he's out for. All I know is the fact that he got injured in the uh, in the pre-match, probably a muscle injury. Let's see like how long it takes. Uh, as to your question about being worried, I think uh, a common theme of our discussions on the podcast has always been that you know we don't really aren't com- really comfortable with Kepa, especially when it comes to crosses, you know, and aerial balls into the box. I think uh, Lunin is better on that, and I think the. Some of us have also been wondering why Lunin didn't get a chance to be the starting goalkeeper when Courtois got injured. Why did we have to bring in Kepa and make him the starter? So I guess this is a chance for Lunin to, you know, prove himself and show us if he really has that, uh, you know, in him to be the starting keeper for Real Madrid. Because based on performances like today, I think uh, is there you, we are really splitting hairs if you are trying to differentiate between Kepa and uh, Lunin, you know, based on performances like today, if Lunin keeps on putting these performances, then I think we'll be fairly comfortable. Uh, Lunin did start the season, uh, you know, the first two games, if I am not wrong. So, you know, uh, and he's he's always been a good shot stopper and probably more comfortable than Kappa when it comes to uh, aerial balls and, you know, covering for, uh, coming forward for crosses. For me, the only thing is like Ancelotti and the other coaching staff seem not to prefer him to Kappa. So probably in the coming games, we'll probably know why that is the case, or we'll come to know that maybe they are wrong and uh, Lunin would have been a good choice, you know, to go with. Yeah, actually, that's that's very true. But actually, you know, what I was thinking uh, towards the meat of the game was the fact that, you know, one of the biggest issues I had, you know, was when, you know, Thibaut got injured and I was like, I don't remember a team as reliant on a goalkeeper as we are on Thibaut, honestly. Like, at least uh, I can't remember off her head. Maybe there have been, but I don't know, at least... I don't think there's been a Real Madrid team as reliant on Thibaut as, you know, uh, as we've been uh, on the goalkeeper as we've been on Thibaut in the recent years. So, you know, it's been a worry about that. But then seeing that both Kepa and now Lunin actually come to be like, they actually the least of our worries, you know, that's actually kind of, you know, uh, a really, really, you know, impressive and sneaky, you know, thing that that's happened. So I'm just going to, you know, come to stories with this and just, you know, throw you the question, like, was it a penalty save or was it a part penalty kick? Uh well most penalty saves are you know bad penalty kicks so let's not take it away from Lunet. Uh, a penalty save is a penalty save and he did his job. Let's not fault him f- for that. Uh, could the penalty be better? Yeah, but you know uh, he was he went to the right side, uh, chose the right side. You know it, it's a save. True, true, true. I guess they agree. If I may, did you, uh, yeah. did you guys know? Was it just me or did you guys notice it as well? You know, before taking the penalty, Jalo, he was like kind of smiling, kind of already like in my mind. The first thing was like this guy is already, you know, wondering what celebration he's gonna use to celebrate at the Bernabeu because you know, as we were friends in the pre match, this guy's a Barcelona fan uh, and his father is a Madrid fan, so it would have been funny. But I think in his mind, he was already celebrating. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, Lunin is definitely gonna be saving saving this one." And you know, Lunin has a pretty good record in penalties. So. I don't know if it was something just I noticed or you guys noticed too. Actually, I also noticed that. But actually, for me, it was you know because you know he was kicking against the back, like the fans were behind and you know they were shouting or like booing at him. So like he had the ball. I think maybe that was the moment you were looking to, and he was like you know kind of like it was a smirk or a smile. I don't know exactly what it was, but you know he kind of had this facial expression of like, "Yeah, okay, I am at the Bernabeu and I'm gonna you know get the job done." That kind of. Thing. I actually did not know that Looney was good at penalties. I, I had not that in mind, but I actually 
kind of show that yeah, okay, this is a goal, and you know, it happened, and yeah, just to 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 go to Jacob, you know, you mentioned that you were surprised to see Lucas Vasquez start, and uh, I don't know, but I kind of felt like every time he was being attacked, it was almost you know a disaster waiting to happen. I don't know. What's your take on you know the penalty he drew and his subsequent uh, defensive performance? Um, yeah, before I answer, uh, so Sunid was mentioning that um, Doris he's hearing some uh, static from your mic. Maybe it's just an OBS setting. Uh, okay, and uh, maybe if you can change it uh, right now, I guess the stream is in three sixty p. Maybe we can change it, bump it up to seven twenty. Yeah, just see. Anyways, uh, Farouk, you were asking about Lucas Vasquez's performance. Yeah, man, he, he looked like a man who hasn't played for you know a few months. Man, like he started the game really horribly, uh, and then after that penalty, con- uh, considering the penalty, uh, he looked really nervous. Uh, he misplaced a few passes, but then you know uh, he grew as the match wore along. Uh, then again, like uh, I feel like. Uh, Braha completely stopped attacking uh, after a certain point in the match too. So, uh, not really convinced by his performance. Uh, so, this is the reason why we need to, like you know, even bring in Lucas Vasquez uh, later on in games to close things out. So, just so that he remains match up. That's actually a very good shout, you know, about the issue of being match up. But I just kind of feel like, you know, it just goes back to that, you know, recurring team that when we take away Carvajal, like the difference in gap, like the gap in quality is so, so much that, you know, it's basically, you know, kind of suicide, you know. Okay, like against Braha, you can, you know, get away with it, maybe even against, you know, uh, lesser La Liga teams. But when push comes to shove, it's going to be really, really, you know, difficult to actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, walk through with Lucas Vasquez in case of, you know, the perennial injury that we know Carval always has. But then away from that, like, I don't know more, like, what would you say about the backline as a whole? I kind of feel like, you know, today they, they you know, they held their own against the very fast opponents and they didn't, you know, uh, consider of chances, obviously, except for the whole Vasquez shenanigans with the fouls and what is and what is not. I don't know what was your take on the backline as a whole. If you can even focus on Mendy, that would be interesting as well. Yeah, I think uh, you know we all, for the backline, it was like it was a case of like two different different levels of players. You know, on one hand we have Nacho Mendy and Rudiger, who are obviously top class defenders, and on the on the other hand you have Lucas Vasquez, who's like a makeshift right back. Um, although I don't know if Calling him a makeshift right back is a, doing him a disservice, like details because he's been playing right back of late so much. But I think there's a difference in quality between these three players and Lucas Vasquez. And add add to this that Lucas Vasquez has to control the whole flank on his own. I think it's, it gets a little too much. But then when you look at Rudiger, you know this guy has really stepped up this season. He's been like he's been a rocket for Madrid at the back, and I think whoever you put alongside him, Rudiger has been. Covering up for them, covering up for Kepa's weaknesses in the air, and you handling, marshaling the back line all by himself. So I think Rudiger deserves a lot of credit. Even today, there were a lot of chances where, you know, he was the last man back and he killed the the shots, the chance that uh, Braha had. So Rudiger definitely deserves credit. Nacho, you know, is the ever reliable man. Uh, I've always said that uh, when it comes to games like this, Nacho always has that ability to, you know, to snuff out chances to be to be the player that we need although you know for the biggest of uh, big games probably he is a little short of quality but you know for most games and even for the big games sometimes he he really delivers for us as for Mendy <clears throat> yeah we were talking about this like uh, previously as well you know Mendy definitely deserves to be the starting left back I think uh, Ancelotti has said that as well today I think uh, Mendy was better in the offensive half than I anticipated he would be 
uh, we were having this conversation in the pre-match and we said that Benzema had a big role to play for uh, for Mendy to be you know participating in build-ups and everything uh, in especially in the final third but today even there was no Benzema but still Mendy put in a shift I think he's got some he played some very nice passes and there was this uh, moment uh, in the game I think it was a second half where he uh, played this acrobatic uh, pass to Cruz you know getting past two defenders of Praha so you know Mendy always has this uh, touch of maverickness about him but when it comes to defense like he's a solid rock you know there's uh, when on form there's barely a defender I would put over him yeah that's 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 a very good shot I'm just gonna come to you Doris is this is it Rogu the mic and all that oh. um it should be it should be yeah. ah, okay okay perfect perfect you know I, I was just because i i remember i know we once had a discussion about you know uh mendy with you and uh what i actually wanted to post to you now is that we can see for example like you know the pass that he gave to rodrigo that let you know to the to, to to the to his assist to you know brian for the first goal like that those are you know the kind of moments you want from your fullbacks but overall like would you say like you know the output of Mendy in this in this game, like, what was it? Would you say it's been up to par or again? It's just that you know, because I remember we had this discussion where you know we kind of agreed on the fact that okay, Mendy wasn't a positive and he's he's not a negative. He's just you know a presence that occurs in the in the team. Like I don't know what would you say like this performance today has kind of altered your opinion or not? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, until Mendy has like cons. Start, uh, until many consistently like uh, starts uh, making good decisions you know and actually being you know uh, good <laughs> I mean this wasn't enough you know at least in my opinion uh, and like I said uh, for many of our players like one of one good game that that does uh, not equal you know um, me calling him a great player for our team do i want him replaced yes that's it's as simple uh, as that you know and uh it's sad that uh, kamavinga actually produces you know better performances than uh, him and he should you know probably be questioning himself more uh, about his own performances yeah, that's 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 very true. Actually, I think I couldn't agree more with you. And you know, I kind of we already discussed about it in the past, and I also mentioned the fact that I feel like it's high time that you know we start to search for a replacement. You know, and my problem always with Mendy has always been you know that availability is the best ability issue that I always mention. But anyways, you know, uh, since stories touched upon upon the you know the whole Kamavinga thing, let's just move it to the middle of the park, and we can you know discuss the 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 new you know. Quartet that that was up there today, you know, with Kamavinga, Tony Cross, Fede Valverde, and and Brian Diaz. So Jacob, can you just you know take us through what you felt? What was your opinion of this quarter today? Because uh, I think uh, we have someone in the chat. Maybe if you can find that, uh, let me just find the comments. <laughs> did you did you mean mean for that to happen? Okay. She's just in our mic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so like we have a comment from Marcos Vinningham. Maybe you can find that where he says, Brian is excellent in our attack. It's high time Ancelotti starts him in the line in the 11 alongside you. 
So I don't know, like, what, 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 what would you say was, you know, your feel of this of this game today, considering what this comment is? And we're just going to leave the question to more to answer about how the feasibility of, you know, Joe playing with uh, Brian looks like. So how what was your take on the on the midfield today, Jacob? Yeah, the the midfield works, man. Like, uh, so Braha, uh, as we know, had a really weak midfield, especially since Al Musradi wasn't starting, and then we really were able to press high, win the ball high up, and then the midfield did their job well. Uh, and with uh, just with Brahim Diaz and the rest of the midfield, Brahim was taking up positions towards the left side of the pitch. You know, really supporting Vinny. And Vinny, I found, especially in the first half, uh, he was tucking inside and you know coming into central areas while Brahim was there. Uh, pushing the ball up the pitch. So I, I think it worked well as, uh, and it can work well against teams like Braha where there's a lot of space to attack. And you know that we were really looking dangerous on the counters. All the midfield had to do was uh, win the ball up uh, high in the pitch and then pass it to the forwards. And that's just how it went. I'm not sure if it's feasible for the next games. Uh, Jewett is certainly going to be a step up from Rahim, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm also going to just take the button here and just, you know, answer about the feasibility, you know, that, that, that you know, Vinham was mentioning about, you know, Jude and, 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 and Brian playing together in the starting exact. Yeah, I had a pretty interesting conversation with my brother today, uh, just after the match. So my brother. I mean, we need to we need to invite your brother one of these days onto this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'll talk to him, but you know, he, he never agrees to come on. So I was talking to him, and I told him, you know, Brahim had a pretty good game, and Milan probably regrets not buying him now. And he was like, "No, thank you. I don't really need him because you know the thing about Brahim is that he's incredibly inconsistent. So you can't really bank on him." So today, yeah, definitely he gave a brilliant performance. And, uh, you know, the thing is, like, technically we always know that Brahim is brilliant. Uh, today we saw why everybody rates him so highly. But the thing is, like, can he do it consistently? I think uh, both Rodrigo and Vinicius are a level above him. Like, even on their bad days, I think uh, their, their worst is probably somewhere around Brahim's best. So today, I, I, I think in the first half, Vinicius was, wasn't really... Uh, at his best, uh, although he had a brilliant game, especially in the second half. In the first half, I think when uh, he was being a little bit selfish and, you know, his decision-making was a little bit off. As the game went on, he suddenly came into his own and, you know, he was brilliant in the second half. So the thing is, like, Brahim, when, even when he's brilliant, he's always going to be a notch below Rodrigo and Vinicius. So would you really want to re- take take those players away from the team just to fit him in? That's the question facing Ancelotti. And I don't really think that I would make that decision. So for me, there is no... Brahim is a brilliant player, but you can't really put him into this parameter side because our front three is like uh, Rodrigo, Vinicius, and Bellingham for now, you know, for the foreseeable future, for this season at least. And then if they're not playing, then you have Hosello and you know... But I, you know how I feel about playing without a striker or with a striker. I think if you... Bring in Brahim, you'll probably bring him in place of uh, Rodrigo, maybe. Uh, and if you take Rodrigo out, you're completely, you know, Rodrigo's not a striker, but at least he's some semblance of a forward, you know. He can do something that a striker can. And if you take him out, Vinny definitely doesn't play that game. So who's going to be playing that game? Who's going to be the reference? Uh, nobody. So I think the team would be even more lost. So at least you you, you definitely need one of Rodrigo or Jose to be starting. So sadly for Brahim, I don't really think there's a spot for him, you know. To start consistently at Madrid. Yeah, that's that's actually you know a very very true point actually, and also I think uh, Ancelotti also made the comment post game thanks to Soledia actually posted in the chat that he was saying like Brahim 
he played a game where he showed his quality, his efforts. He did good. It's true he could play more minutes, but he plays in the same position of Jude Bellingham. So I think that actually just summarizes, you know, the whole issue around the lack of minutes that Brian Diaz has been facing because you can call for minutes and lack thereof, but where do you play Brian, you know? Jude is basically arguably the most informed, you know, attacker in world football right now. So are you going to bring him out just to play someone that offers you a possibility of a potential that you don't even know what it is? So that's, you know, that's one of the issues with Brian and more hit the nail on the head because even when I speak to Milan fans, that's the thing they say, like, you know, Brahim shows up when he wants to show up, you know, we know the quality is there, but then how many times does the quality, you know, does this quality happen? It's not about, you know, lack of trying or anything, no. It's just about the fact that, you know, you don't deliver on, on a consistent basis because obviously I want to believe that there is no professional footballer that doesn't want to try to play, you know. They all just want to try to play, but, you know, what separates, you know, the the top players from the top, top, top players is that, you know, consistency that, that, that you know, that more was, you know, attaining to. But yeah, away from that, you know, since we're on the topic of, you know, Brahim as well, you know, uh, just the goal, like, I don't know, Jacob, do you want to take us through, through the goal? You know, as I mentioned, it was, in my opinion, a very good sequence of play. Like, this is something that has been lacking for the team a lot of time. You know, that ability to, you know, create chances, you know, to slice open defences, you know. You're muted, I think, Jacob. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, this was a th th that pattern of attack that we saw for the first goal. Uh, was something that we tried all game. Just that uh, ball behind the defense in the left flank, and luckily, uh, you know, uh, Rodrigo had his uh, had enough pace and enough control and enough uh, composure to actually pick out Brahim. And you know, what a finish! Uh, I thought it was going out of the goal uh, initially, but then, man, just hit the roof of the net. Wonderful goal. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. With you. It was it was a really good finish because the point is that you know. You might think of it as, you know, quite an easy finish, but I do, we've seen, as you said, a lot of, you know, times where those balls go out, go out. And I really want to shout out Mendy because I think that's one of the key importance that we always need from our fullback outlets is that, you know, we need those balls that, you know, can slice the defence and can find, you know, the man who's running off of the shoulder of the defender. There's something that has been liking a lot, but, you know, the ability of, you know, Mendy to actually be able to highlight that, okay, yeah, Rodrigo is someone is there and can, you know, reach to this ball is... It's fantastic, and you know the cutback from Rodrigo was 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 really really good. So yeah, credits credits honestly credits where it's due. So since we're and, in Dubai, and did did you catch Brahim's celebration, the war celebration? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, first yeah, time yeah. I've seen it. I, 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 I saw the I saw the war team. I saw the war team actually. It, it was it was quite interesting, but uh, I know yeah. I mean the players can celebrate what they want to celebrate, but actually when he did the war team, I kind of thought like maybe something was fishy. Mm. There, I thought maybe he was expecting a VAR check. So, no, he, yeah, yeah, he was just uh, daring VAR to disallow that goal, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's just the thing. Yeah, like, it, was, uh, it was the reference to the first goal, uh, the one that got ruled out. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, that, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true, actually, right? Yeah, 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 that's, that's true. That's true, actually. That's true. Well, I don't know what's what's the panel's opinion on this. Like, Doris, what do you think? Like, the first, the, the, the goal that was ruled out for the foul from Vinicius, like, do you think it's fair? Well, uh, I don't, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, probably a foul if even Vinicius is not protesting it. And, you know, Vinicius wasn't protested, uh, uh, disallowed the goal. So I guess I'll believe it, you know. Otherwise, we would probably be arguing about it because he would yeah, be arguing. Right. But he was like, okay, fair enough. Uh, 
It did extend his leg. I, I think Vinicius is more surprised about the fact that Brian took the ball over his feet. <laughs> that too, that too, yeah. <laughs> that too. Yeah, well, anyways, like, it is what it is. Like, there is no, you know, uh, need to, 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 you know, cry over spilt milk or argue about something that basically doesn't exist. But, you know, the one thing, actually, what surprised me about <clears throat> the whole Brian playing and not playing thing is that Brian was on the pitch, but he was taken off. For Luka Modric later on, I kind of feel like that was totally unfair on Brian because he's literally playing the best game since he's joined us. Like, and he's not gonna play at the weekend or even next weekend. Like, then what's the point of taking him off? I don't I, know. I, like, Farouk, uh, I think the point is like, uh, if you follow his career in Milan, like you would see that he never plays his best past seventieth minute, sixtieth, seventieth minute. He gets tired pretty soon. So I was kind of expecting him to be go off. Like, but the, the the player I expected him to go off for was Arda Guler. And you know, Adela didn't come on. But and the I, point is, more you're three 0 up. Like, I mean, even if Diaz goes to shit, like, what's gonna happen? No, man. The thing is, like, the point is, like, he does. He doesn't really have the stamina to did uh, give his best for 90, 90 minutes. And I think for Ancelotti right now, the most important aspect is like uh, squad rotation and you know, uh, keeping everybody happy. So keeping Luka Modric happy has to be like one of the biggest uh, aims for him. So he has to give him some game time. Fair point, fair point, fair point. I cannot argue with that. Jacob, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was just saying, man, uh, I thought Ancelotti was being such a tease, man, just teasing us. <laughs> substitution after substitution, and I'm still not seeing Ardegula, not not even warm up. So, But then he had his post-match quotes. I think Sunit shared that in the chat. Uh, so Ancelotti basically said Brahim came back from a... No, sorry, uh, Arda came back from a really bad injury. So, And he just had four trainings, so he's just not ready enough to even get a few minutes in. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's just we, the fans who are actually impatient for the thing about, you know, our lives. I think he's just 18. So, like, there's a very, very, very long, you know, path ahead of him, now, hopefully. Uh, Earlier, actually, uh, you know, I was expecting that uh, Arda wouldn't play before the international break. I remember you guys did uh, one of the post-matches and I left a comment in the in, in the chat. But, you know, when Arda made that post uh, before the Rio game, you know, that post I got like 6 million, I don't know how many, 10 million views already. All uh, of Turkey liked it. <laughs> yeah, that that brilliant, you know, uh, video. Uh, it just gave, it raised my hopes and I was really expecting him to play against Ryo and I was like, nah, he didn't play against Ryo, definitely he's playing today. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. But then, you know, um, I, I, I think he did warm up. Uh, although, yeah, he didn't come on and Nico Pass came on. When Nico Pass came on, I was like, yeah, Aragula is not coming on. Definitely. Not coming on, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the, the thing actually, Jacob, now is that Real Madrid has to go to Turkey for a preseason, man, because, like, you know, Real Madrid now is just a de facto national club of Turkey, you know, so, like, it's, it's it's just, you know, it's crazy, you know, actually, you know, the power that football has, you know, uniting people that, because Turks are actually very crazy about football and they all have, you know, this divisions of clubs and because we have the traditional four big clubs in, in, in Istanbul and, you know, everyone is always supporting this or that and, like, there's always they people never agree about this, you know. So it's it's quite interesting to see that you know Arda moving to Real Madrid all of a sudden just unites everyone into you know a holistic approach towards oh yeah we're all Real Madrid fans down and what is and what is. I, not. I mean the kid is pretty sweet as well, you know. I still remember his presentation. So I guess you know, be it the the him getting up too early and sitting next to Florentino and he's delivering his speech, or you know even the moment with his mother, I, I thought that was pretty sweet. So you know, for me, I think. He's one player I really want to see succeed at Rambler, but he seems like a nice look. 
Well, it is what it is, man. I mean, we always never know what goes on behind the scenes. But yeah, it, you know, it is what it is. But before, you know, we go on to the attackers, I just want to, you know, bring up something which is a bit controversial. You know, I don't know if you guys uh, saw the team with Gerard Pique where he was basically mentioning the fact that, you know, like no one will rem- remember Real Madrid's run in 2021-2022 season because like, uh, we are all we were underdogs. He lives in a small mind. And, 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 you know, so basically, let me just, you know, uh, quote or rather, yeah, just quote what Ancelotti had to say about, you know, the whole PK team. So he said, PK's words, he lives in his own world. No one will ever forget the 14 Champions League title. We will remember it for all of our lives. Doris, what do you think the, the opinion of neutrals are is going to be on the 14th title? Like, do you think, you know, there is a bit of substance to what Derek PK is saying? Use your calm and unbiased approach, you know? <laughs> um... Um, um, there isn't, you know, really that much to uh, say. I just think it's, you know, kind of funny how he's, he's actually kind of praising us, you know with what he's saying, you know, he's saying that, you know, the mighty Madrid is winning so much, you know, the people just don't care anymore, you know, and uh, we suck, you know, that's basically what he's saying, and that's all I hear from his words, you know, Um, I mean, whatever uh, he was trying to say, it just came out, you know, uh, weak and petty and, you know, He's basically, you know, just showing again what what a pussy he is with everything he, that comes out of his mouth. And I don't know, somebody said, it, well, why would you, you know, l- listen to anything to uh, a dude that cheated on Shakira, you know, said like who, like, there's just nothing in his brain, you know, it's probably like a small pea, you know, in there. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Doris. There is no coming back from cheating on Shakira. If you if you have if you are so brainless, no that, coming back from that. Yeah, exactly. There is yeah. there is no discussion to be had at all at all. Or anyways, you know, let's 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 go back from the infidelity to let to you know going back to the fidelity of what happened on the pitch. So I'm just gonna you know uh, bring up a comment from Freddie SP where he says you know funny that as soon as Bellingham is being benched, Vini and Rodrigo starts playing well again. So Mo, I'm gonna come to you with this like. What do you think happened, like, between, as you you also started mentioning the fact that, you know, Vinicius was, you know, a bit erratic in the first half, but, you know, he stepped up in the second half, and then we also touched a bit upon Rodrigo's performance as well, so at least his role in the first goal. Like, do you think there's a, a sense of, you know, the combination that we saw today, does it relate to the lack of Jude Bellingham, or is there something else that, that, that clicked? Uh, I mean, Sunil is probably going to hate me for this, but the fact remains that Ibrahim, you know, did the combination part better than Jude does. Uh, and I, probably it's not just me. I'm sure you guys watched it too, because Ibrahim was making those movements, you know, to the left, uh, trying to combine with Vinicius, trying to play those combinations with Rodrigo, and he was pretty much everywhere. Uh, he felt a lot more dynamic, and he felt a lot more like an attacking midfielder with the passes that he was making. So... I, I think uh, it was probably down to that. The fact that th- this guy with his movements was dragging players outside, like uh, out of their positions and creating spaces for the others. Even for the first goal, I think uh, it, it's like it is Brahim's movements, Brahim and Rodrigo's movement together that open up the lane for Mendy to make that pass. 
So, you know, that is what I want to see more of from Jude because I think definitely Jude can do that. Uh, we have seen him do that in uh, in a few matches, you know, when Vinicius and him have combined. I think the problem occurs when uh, Jose Luis is not playing. Uh, Jude is supposed to make those uh, runs into the box. He's he's trying to be too much into the box, you know. And I, I think Ancelotti is instructing him to do that. So when he does that, I think uh, Brahim, uh, sorry, uh, Vinicius is getting isolated and Rodrigo is getting isolated, and that leads to them not being at their best. But uh, you know that does help out Jude, who is scoring a lot of goals. So when you have, you know, uh, before the season we just, we said that Vinicius and Rodrigo are going to be the best players, but right now I think Jude is Ramadan's best player. He's probably the leader of the team. So. You know, whatever helps you be the best, you know, the team should do that. Exactly, man. Just to reinforce your point, you know, that's also, I think, if Jacob can remember, I also, we had this discussion, I think, and Jacob was talking about, you know, the people that he was playing. Because for me, what I've seen, when I've seen Jude the most before he joined us was, you know, playing for England. And I could see what he does while playing with the likes of Rashford and, you know, Sackers and, you know, Foden and Kane up top. Like, you can see the performance. I mean, even recently at the international, but you can watch the game against Italy. He didn't score, but he was the best player on the pitch, you know. He was, even. I think he did, okay, he had an assist for a penalty, something like that. But, like, you know, that's just what, you know, like, as you mentioned, like, you know, that combinations, you know, bringing others into play, understanding, you know, where people are and finding them, breaking up play, you know, building up play. This is what he does best, you know. And right now we are basically playing a system that, I don't know, would say it doesn't suit him, but we just want to turn him into something that, you know, he isn't. And I kind of feel like that's also been what I, the, 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 the argument that I've always made is that, okay, yeah, okay, Jude is scoring the goals, but what's the cost, you know? And I think this is something that, you know, rightly, the commentator also raises the point that, you know, okay, Jude is not in there. All of a sudden, these guys look like last season again, you know. So, like, there is something there. But then, you know, to to not, you know, stay, uh, go on that, it's not like we're bashing Jude, but we're just talking about, you know, the general play and what, what's, you know, what is and what isn't. But I'll just come to you, Jacob, because I remember, you know, we talked about this and you mentioned the fact that, you know, it's Mr. UCL Rodrigo, you know, even if he's shit in La Liga, I know he always turn it up for, 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 you know, for, the UCL and honest to God, even before he scored, I was like, wow, like, man, what happened? Monterey Rodrigo remembered how to play. And then fortunately, you know, he got the goal. Man, what's your take on Rodrigo today, man? Or I think yeah, more uh, wants to say something before you go. Yeah, actually, sure. you know, about the whole Rodrigo thing. Uh, I, I was actually having a conversation with one of my friends on Reddit and we were talking about why Rodrigo is pretty, you know, isn't probably at his best. And the fact is like, uh, there was one of these one goals that uh, Bellingham scored right at the death. I don't remember exactly which match it was. You know, he scored so many. So uh, there was this moment where both Rodrigo and Bellingham make the same move, but Bellingham gets to the ball first and scores the goal. So Bellingham gets all the credit by Rodrigo. You know, he he made the same move, but because he didn't score the goal, he didn't get the credit. So I think uh, that that's something that we need to keep in mind because you know Rodrigo, be La Liga, be UCL, he's also making some of those moves that got him credit in last season, but because Bellingham is getting there first and scoring the goals, probably we're not paying as much attention to him. But yeah, there's a fair wide point to be made, the fact that uh, Rodrigo has been struggling in converting his chances, like like you guys have rightly pointed out before. So I just want to make it, I just want to say this. Yeah, totally valid. Um, for me, in this match, I, I feel like Rodrigo did a few things differently. I'm not sure if it was uh, Brahim's inclusion that did it because I, I feel like he dropped in, dropped into the midfield like way more often, and then he was bringing the ball up the pitch. So even while he wasn't like getting to the end of chances, he was creating them very, very often, and I feel like that just uh, pushed him uh, right over the edge. For me, uh, he was the man of the match. Uh, he assisted 
the goals. He had a really nice, tidy finish as well. Uh, made the right runs. So, yeah, I feel like he should be doing more of this match even when Billingham is on there. Interesting. Okay, let's let's. I think also Carlo talked about Rodrigo actually, and he was saying, Rodrigo, uh, we have to support him and give him total treat. His quality is extraordinary. I don't know if Doris wants to add, you know, anything onto the whole Rodrigo thing. Like, what 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 do you think was different tonight? Well, I just wanted to uh, mention that Rodrigo, after his celebration, he ran up to. Ancelotti, you know, uh, for him to especially, you know, congratulate him, you know, and it was, you know, basically him showing him, you know, some confidence in him, you know, you can do this and uh, what other day for Rodrigo to score than on a Champions League night, so yeah, kind of expected from Rodrigo and I actually had that thought, you know, before the game, started that Rodrigo was probably gonna score. Yeah, I think when you're in the Champions League and it's Rodrigo at the Bernabeu, I mean, even if it's away from the Bernabeu, you can never, you know, just uh, do wrong against, you know, voting for him to score. But yeah, I think Sunil also posted here that Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo are joint fourth all-time Real Madrid top scorer in UCL. Are they scored that much though? Or like, don't we have scorers in the UCL? Because I, I know, like, Pep, this is just the newer others uh, from post nineteen ninety two, because you know football starts post nineteen ninety two for the English people. So it's good now. Ah, okay. Because I mean, yeah, post nine, even post ninety two. But I mean, I know we have Cristiano, Benzema, Raúl, and basically there is no one else after that. No, I don't think so. Oh wow, that's quite interesting. And now I'm curious to see what the numbers. Are it's just goals for um, not like overall. Yeah, I know. Like I mean, it's just goals for Real Madrid. That's why I mentioned you know these three players, and I kind of feel like. Then the numbers is going to be like 15 goals, 20 goals, or something like that. Like, we can have like 100 plus goals, and then it's like 20 plus 20, 30 kind of numbers. Well, interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's like after that, it's like lower team, like in the teams, and like around 20, I think. But if you take the overall, like the whole history of the Champions League, it's like we have Lee Stefano, Puskas, and all those guys as well. Mm, okay, I see your point. I see your point. Okay, well, that's actually very true since they say it's post 92, whatever it is, which is what it is. I mean, so yeah, um, I'm just you know gonna maybe ask. I think Jake, Doris's stuff is still bad, so maybe Jacobs again. You can take us through the second goal, the 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 one with Vini, and I kind of feel like it was it was a really good goal as well. Yeah, man. Uh, even before that, uh, I feel like the signs were coming. Like Vini was switched on. Uh, you really you could see that from the first minute, the first, second half started, and yeah, it was a really well taken goal. Um. It was an assist from Lucas Vasquez, if I'm not mistaken. Was it? Yeah, it was an assist from Lucas Vasquez. I think what uh, when he deserves immense credit for is the fact that the way he took his goal, you know. Uh, we've talked about this before when you were talking about Jose Lu, you know. Uh, like, when you see a top quality player, you know they have the composure in the box. And I think previously, composure and Winnie were like 22 two completely opposite directions. But now they're like, <laughs> you know, best of friends. So Winnie has the foresight to, you know, uh, push the ball past the defender and then take the shot. So I think this is something that really talks to how Winnie has come from his initial days when, you know, when he would miss open shots and Ramos and everybody would just hold their head, you know, pull their hair out. <laughs> so uh, definitely, I think this was a brilliantly taken goal, only out, only to be outdone by, you know, what Rodrigo did on the third goal. 
exactly exactly you know how it's how it's brilliant because uh i initially like the only thought in my mind when he got the ball was come on man shoot why are you taking a touch uh but then he had the know how to actually take another step keep calm and you know push it in so yeah i think my friend that's that's why you're a software engineer and not a footballer you would have died for it if you were a footballer yeah <laughs> yeah really like, right as soon as i see the ball i shoot that's what i think no. If Jacob was a goalkeeper, he would take the ball and shoot into his own net. <laughs> Just to get that feeling. <laughs> hey, hey. uh, if Jacob was a goalkeeper, the sport would actually cease to exist, actually, because people would die of depression and lose interest in the game. That's <laughs> See what people think of software engineers. Come You're on. the one Should to talk. Should have chosen a better type of profession. You're the one to talk, Farouk. Uh... Come on, Doris, don't come at me. I didn't say anything. What did I say? <laughs> You're blaming Jacob for making us all depressed. It's you, man. Every single episode you're on. Come on, like today. I, I, I go and like search up like kittens and puppies till <laughs> we finish. <laughs> today I come in peace. I bring joy. Can't you see? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, today I come in peace and distribute. You know, this yeah. is a changed man. Actually, since the last time we spoke, I became a changed man. Tonight, you you have been pretty tame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is since where are you then? Like, uh, before you know, we go into all, into the comments. Maybe you can just take us through, you know, the goal from uh, Vinicius Junior, which was to round off the you know the three nil victory. I don't know if you can remember the sequence of play or not. Oh, sorry, the uh, goal from Rodrigo. Rodrigo, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was a counter attack. We uh, uh, we got the ball back. I forget who he was, but Rodrigo made like a, a really really good run. Uh, he kept running and running and running, and finally that the final pass uh, after a counter like that uh, came to. Rodrigo's uh, feet finally you know and uh, he did what he had to do a little dink over the goalkeeper and just uh, a traditional Rodrigo goal especially a UCL goal yeah that's actually very true it was it was I remember, I remember correctly it was you know an assist from Vinicius Jr if I'm not mistaken yeah, yeah the ball yeah. from Vinny was like pretty brilliant because you know exactly. the way it Uh, the true ball, the way it intersects the defense, I, I really enjoyed watching that. Exactly, exactly. So I, I will just pose this question to you, Jacob. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like we haven't seen this kind of counter attack this season. And last season, this was something that you know, not even last season. The last two seasons, this was basically you know the hallmark of our play. You know? yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I don't know. Like, am I right? Like, or have we seen this kind of you know goals this season as well? I don't know. Maybe I remember. I I have a very short memory, so maybe I might be wrong. um we're not doing that consistently throughout any match i feel like we do get some opportunities where we drive the ball up the pitch and we get a counter attacking chance but we're not doing it consistently i feel like this time round we have so many bodies in midfield that we don't need to actually sit back too much uh, and we are pressing much higher up the pitch uh, overall this season as well um and it's also a testament to the uh, teams that we've played you know um we don't really have to had to sit back and absorb the pressure too much uh it's still early on in the season so you know as the season moves on i expect us to counter attack a lot more and just seeing from seeing the possibilities from today's match i'm excited for all of those counter attacks yeah 
Yeah, that's that's actually you know quite a valid point. Like the teams in La Liga will always you know give the low block and make it difficult to counter. But I just want to come to you more. So actually, I I think we discussed this with Jacob as well because we always do uh, discussions on the previews, anyways. So like I've always you know been of the opinion that there is a difference between being playing in La Liga and being playing in in the UCL. Like in La Liga, like it's Vini always fighting with everyone, and then in the UCL, you see even he was fouled, you know, but he got lifted by the opponent who fouled him. And it was like all hugs and smiles and, you know, everyone moved on. But if it was in the league, that would have been a fight. I don't know, like, do you think there's a difference between, you know, the opposition that we face or, like, the way the opposition treats Vini in La Liga and the way, I don't know, maybe a language barrier can also be something, I don't know, but what's your take? Have you also noticed this? Yeah, I don't really know how to explain it. Maybe it's the fact that uh, in La Liga, these guys, like some of them, they don't really have the quality because Champions League is like a different quality of football when it comes to La Liga, the, especially the lower teams. I think they don't really have the quality. And then they are fouling Vinicius a lot, which kind of like gets him, you know, pretty riled up. And uh, I think the referee is also a factor because some of the decisions in La Liga, you definitely wonder what's happening. And if you were at the receiving end of those decisions, when especially when you feel you know you feel that you're being uh, fouled a lot by the players, and then you feel you're being targeted unfairly by the referees, I think it kind of gets to you, and you know it, it makes you sort of be go uh, to a different level of aggression. Whereas in Champions League, probably the refereeing is a little bit better than what we see in La Liga and Spain in general. So maybe that's what keeps him calm, and you know the defenders aren't really out there in the Champions League to kill him always at every move. So that helps. Yeah, I think that's 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 something that, you know, we can get behind. It's it's a very sane, uh, you know, comment. But then, I don't know, maybe I also feel like language can also be something that's quite important there because, like, you know, when you're not on the same, you know, level of the language, it's it's kind of different. But anyways, Man, you know... You think at this point, Vinny doesn't understand Spanish or he can't, like, curse out No, no, players. he speaks Spanish. Like, he speaks Spanish. So that's why, like, he understands... But the I international mean, teams you're facing... Exactly. Like, I mean, when you go and you face teams from England or even maybe Braha from Portugal, I don't know how well, you know, the defenders... I, I mean, Portuguese... Basically... Brazil does speak Portuguese, so... I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. Okay, and Vinny's English is pretty good, man. Like, I feel like I've heard him speak English and it's always been decent. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, the point is, like, I'm not taunting Vini, right? So, like, because I'm speaking English and Vini speaking Portuguese or Spanish, so, like, I'm not taunting him because I don't speak this language. Yeah. You understand the point? So, this is the, the the theme there. But anyways, you know, Doris was talking about, you know, depression and all that. So, like, Doris, are you ready to be depressed? Let's just, you know, go to the comments we have. So, actually, I want to bring up this comment so we can... <laughs> So, you know, we can kind of move towards wrapping things up and, you know, uh, just because they're actually quite contradictory, though. So we have Prince Arthur saying, like, our best game this season. And then we have Ashik saying, you know, nah, we could have done better. And even goes one more, which is quite, you know, fun for me. Because he said, I have to side with Farouk. Real Madrid isn't entertaining to watch anymore. One. Two, pragmatic. Two. Winning is not enough. Three. I mean, okay, let me stop counting. It's unfair. Win with style, free-flowing football, not micromanaged, structured football. Anyone can win, but not everyone can win in style. Playing football is like art. Holy fuck, this should have been that outro. Why did I have to mute this here? I shit my man. I feel you. I feel your pain and you feel my pain. Okay, yeah. So let's go. Who wants to start? For like Our best game of the season was, you know, uh, too slow, too static. Although, like, I actually don't, you know, share Ashik's... Uh, view for tonight while I understand that okay I did. these are basically what I've been preaching for the past 18 months I get that but 
I kind of feel like to the, tonight might not be the right time to kind of bring up this because there is no support. There is nothing to support. So I'm going to leave Doris for last. So I'm just firstly going to go with Jacob. What, what what do you think? Like our best game, our worst game, too slow, too static. What do you think? Yeah, man. Like first of all, Ashik, like what what have you done, man? <laughs> this man did not need, need this fuel. Uh, so, secondly, yeah, this was not the game to point all of these out. I, I was properly entertained today. Uh, not gonna lie. And but uh, towards like the overarching season, like the whole season as a whole, it's been quite depressing and bleak. Especially uh, early on when we even looked like losing a lot of matches, and then we had to pull some something out of the bag to just even score. So uh, at this point, what I expect from this team is just you know at least don't look like losing, you know, uh, in the bigger games and try to bring the ball more to the opposition instead of waiting and trying to absorb the pressure because we have the quality to do it. True. Mo, what's your take? Yeah, I didn't really think this was, like, probably the best game that Real Madrid ever, like, played this season because uh, I think uh, we did have a few games where I felt uh, we were a lot more fluid. But then this is probably not a good example of us being, you know, uh, uh, static in in the game and not having that vision to play that you know the, the that that sort of football that would be described as art. This is probably not the best example for that. But overall, I think uh, as Jacob said, especially in the second half, I was like I was definitely entertained to an extent. But yeah, uh, overall, I think probably we had a few better games, especially the one against Osasuna. I think that was pretty decent. Yeah, I think actually for me, I always, you know, go back to Osasuna and Juna. I think they're the two highlights for me this season. Like, personally, I feel like those were really two games that I feel like, yeah, like we were really, really balling, in my opinion. But yeah, let's come to you, Doris. Like, yeah, too static, too slow. You know, everyone can win, but not everybody can win in style. I mean, if you want to win, just basically when support Stock City and, you know, what they were doing on the Tony Pulis, just throw along the long ball, find a 12 person, he puts the ball in the back of the post, close the shop, go home. Well, uh, for the rest of the season, I guess, you, you know, we were used to Benzema and the flashiness and goals and, you know, basically expected every single game to, uh, you know, be a win. Right now, uh, we have the same expectation, but the reality is uh, sometimes, you know, shakier, which is, you know, more fun for us, at least. We get something to discuss and be actually depressed you, you know unlike uh, unlike the last two seasons that we've been uh together guys <laughs> mostly uh we've heard comments from uh some people on this panel you know they, they uh, <laughs> From some people that have been, yeah, yeah. I I think he m might be here with us tonight. Uh, anyway, uh, we've heard quite a few depressing comments about our players, so at least it's a uh, fun to actually, you know, have something to talk about. Uh, but I won't give you this, Faruk. Like, I <laughs> now it's our time to discuss you. You had all this time, you know, and uh, the 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 depression is setting in, you know, for some positions in our uh, team. But at least for tonight's game, it was uh, fun. Uh, younger players were playing, leading the game. Sure, we had 
Cruz there, uh, Nacho and Rudiger, but everyone else really uh, showed their youth and energy, um, which was nice to see, even though we weren't, you know, like in fifth gear, uh, we we could still see, you know, uh, energy in the team and, you know, uh, at least for the Champions League, we can always expect entertainment like this. And it's uh, and it also shows you the contrast from the way we play in the Champions League and the energy f we have for it uh, with the La Liga. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, another kind of worms. Yeah, that's that's actually, you know, very true and actually makes a lot of sense as well, you know. Real Madrid or, if I can add is... something... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, ju I just want to say that the fact is like Ramadan have always been a team that has been a mixture of physicality and technique. But like over the past few years, I think there was a a, a greater uh, element of technique compared to for the physical the physical aspect. But now when you watch Real Madrid, it's like the physical aspect is more dominating. So we shouldn't ex be expecting a style filled with technique, you know, with uh, technical quality. Uh, if you watch Ramadan currently, there's a lot more driving forward with the ball, you know, more physically yep. imposing uh, um, match movements, match actions that are being seen. Previously, it was down to a lot more technique. When you watch Tony Cruz play and when you watch the young players play, you can see the difference. I think players like Cruz and Modric, they they have a different way of playing. And when you see it, you find it uh, incredibly classy, you know, if I may put it that way. The current players, they also have moments of class, but then they also have these moments of physicality, especially when you watch... Look at Fede Valverde and the way he drives with the ball. I think previously in previous Ramadan teams we did not have this. So I think we, we need to uh, adjust uh, the way our expectations of how Ramadan are going to play depending on the players we have on the pitch. Yeah, that's actually, you know, very, very true as well. I think that's, that's a fair point. I think it also just goes back to, you know, all we've been saying is that, you know, you, you get so used to, you know, eating caviar every day when someone, you know, comes and serves you tuna fish, you're like, you know, like, what the fuck is this? It's basically... I mean, it's know. not... The, the difference between these two things is not the difference between caviar and, you know, tuna. Yeah, isn't uh, they're, tuna they're, more expensive than caviar? Nah, sure. bro. Nah. I mean, these are okay. two quality fish. These two quality foods, you know, it's just different tastes. You just have to learn yeah. to appreciate each one. That's the thing. You just have to learn to appreciate each one. But the point is that after you've gotten the taste of something, every other thing just comes in second class. That's just the point. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's not second class. You know, it's just it's 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 first class as well, but it's like a different sort of first class. Well, yeah, okay. Like it's like first class, second class. Like it's the second class or first class. You know. No, for me that's first not the thing. For me, it's both, what are you guys even class, talking right? about? What are you guys even talking about? Can someone please explain? I've I've been trying to f understand. Yeah, Farouk is just being his, you know, his exclusion itself. All right, all right. <laughs> okay, anyways, okay. We, this this is gonna for too long. Let's just right. round things up. Yeah. Uh, let's so, just uh, mention Valverde. Also, because I I see Sanair is a uh, spamming us with them. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, El Vasquez. Yeah, but uh, for Valverde, uh, I was thinking like uh, last season he was on fire, man. He was uh, he was incredible, and especially you know uh, what he did in the final. You know he in the end. Assist the uh, the goal and uh, this season this season we've seen a different version of 
Valverde were it's funny how each season for at, at least the last three seasons we've seen Valverde play as a, a right winger as a right back and as a midfielder at times and uh, right now you could see him everywhere on the pitch exactly what he was you know supposed to do but uh, the goals are not there anymore not that he should be scoring but it's a different mentality that he has and it's uh, it's uh, i just want to know if uh, uh, him deciding not to attack as much and shoot as much if it was ancelotti who told him that or if, if it was by his own you know uh, will i'm just wondering what changed in valverde and uh, what actually you know uh, happened in the st- strategy with that player especially this keys, season what do you think uh, is gonna happen with him i what think one of the key thing? things to note is that you know he was playing on the wing now he's back to playing you know as a central midfielder a bit in a diamond you know so i think this is one of the reasons why you don't see you know him being in positions to take a lot of shots as he was in the past and also let's not forget that you know in my opinion, at least one of the things that actually hinders that is also, you know, the position that Jude plays on the team, actually, because basically, you know, Jude is being, the team is, I mean, the midfield is being played in such a way that Jude will be the highest player on the pitch, you know. So because of that, Fede has to also do a lot of covering behind and he doesn't get into a lot of those promising positions. And uh, I think away from that, though, like, I kind of feel like compared to la- at least the second half of last year, the last season, I think actually Freddy for me has been really, really performing well. Obviously, like he's not scoring the goals that he was scoring the first half of last year. But I kind of feel like, you know, Freddy is the one player I think that actually also like has gotten a bit of, you know, uh, a, a bit of a position, a spot in the team, you know, because of what they play. Because as, you know, Mo was saying earlier, like he's someone who likes to run with the ball a lot, you know. So now basically he has a lot of space, you know, to run into a lot of space to cover with, with, the, with the new formation that he's been played. So I kind of feel like that. Those are one of the two things. Those are the two things that I would say. I don't know. Maybe the guy also have a different opinion on that or not. No, I be, I generally agree with what you said, Farouk. But I would just like to add the fact that he's also covering a lot for Carvajal, is making a lot of forward runs and you know getting into the box. So he has oftentimes he has to cover the right back space, you know, the right flank defensively. So I think that has also been a factor in him not being in positions that he used to be previously. When uh, last season, especially with you know when Benzema was playing, Benzema Rodrigo. Uh, Vinicius and Fede used to be our attacking quadrat, so to speak, the four players who would attack the most, whereas, you know, Modric, Cruz and all the rest of them would be uh, lower in, you know, be more defensive. This time, I think it's been, uh, Fede has been the one who's been uh, defending a lot more compared to previous years. So I think he's just not getting into the same position that he was last year. Yeah, that's that's actually a very, a very, a very, very fair point. But anyways, I'm just, you know, gonna, let's end it here and let's just end it with, you know, uh, one of the quotes from Carlo Ancelotti where he was talking about the fact that, you know, uh, we had a lot of second string players today. And he was, just to quote him directly, he said, the game of Lunin, Brahim, Lucas Vasquez, this shows we have a good squad to always compete. Now I believe Lucas we, Vasquez? He also mentioned Lucas Vasquez there. That's quite interesting. You know, I don't know what the man is on about. But anyways, you know, let's just bring the question back to what it is, you know. So he mentioned this, I know, to always, we have a good squad to always compete. So my question to you guys, you know, is just to just, you know, close the whole thing is that now we've progressed to the, you know, to the next stage of the of the UCL. 
And uh, with what Carlo is saying now, do you guys, would you guys agree that you know this is a good squad to compete? I'm going to start with you, Jacob. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, if you want to just compete for the quarterfinals or whatnot. <laughs> but beyond that, I'm, I still have my doubts, man. Uh, it's clearly shown that, you know, we're missing that number nine, even if we sort out our defense. Uh, right now, I've, uh, what I feel like in the last few games, our defense has looked really sorted. Uh, nobody has been able to put in those easy crosses and we haven't been considering those easy goals anymore. So that's encouraging. But as for our attack, it's still a big question mark. Uh, hopefully, like uh, the only thing that can save the season, according to me, is if Rodrigo steps it up and, you know, takes up that Kareem role in the UCL and then we can manage to get up some results against these bigger teams. Yeah, well, are we winning the treble or are we winning nothing? I don't know, man. I've always said this: like uh, this team can uh, compete in the champ uh, in the, in La Liga. Uh, like there, that has been like pretty much the consensus amongst all of us. But when it comes to the Champions League, I think we're different a little bit. For me, if I, if we get the right draw, we could probably end up going to the semifinals. But I don't think this team has it in it to win the Champions League. But then you know, I didn't really think the 2022 team had to had it in in them to win the Champions League as well. And then you know, Karim went uh, God mode and took us to the uh, to the final. So. I don't know. This team, like Jacob said, if probably Rodrigo suddenly transforms himself to the best version of Benzema, maybe this team is going on to, and winning the treble, as you said. But right now, as things stand, I think uh, I'll be pretty happy if this team is like challenging for La Liga, uh, you know, towards the end of the, end of the season, and you know, if we make it to the semifinals of the Champions League. Yeah, Joris, what's the ceiling of this team? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Huh, what's the, I was saying, what's the ceiling of the team? What do you think we can achieve with the squad? You know, Carlos oh, seems like we have a good squad to always compete. So I'm just trying to, you know, gauge your opinion on that. Well, um, well, we don't have a Ballon d'Or uh, striker in our team anymore. And uh, I, are Vinicius and Rodrigo good enough to get us there, to actually win the thing i guess we'll have to see but uh, am i am i i'm optimistic but realistically we are probably not gonna win it especially you know with the city being there uh, i don't think you know we have a huge chance at that you know actually coming through you know yeah, unfortunately, it is what it is. I know everyone is wondering what's my own opinion or are we going to win it or not. So I'm just going to quote my friend in the chat, Ashik. He says, this Real Madrid is a champagne bottle filled with Sprite. So mm. you can interpret that however you want to interpret it. What This is basically what my answer is. And no, uh, guys, Sprite uh, is not that bad. Sprite is not that bad. Bro, you bought champagne and you're given Sprite. It's fucking bad. Like It's the very definition of <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I so you know, let's let's yeah. Well, I think I just agree with you guys. Like, it's 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 not looking too good, and especially as stories name checks Man City, I think they still remain the team to beat. So, uh, why do you think we can get past them? I mean, maybe, but honestly, I don't think so. It's you know, but it's Real Madrid and UCL, you know, you never can count us out. Uh, I think we've gone on for too long. I don't know if anyone has anything else to add or if we missed any of the key points from the game or something like that. I don't think so. Um, I just want to argue my point against Ashik uh, with saying uh, that we don't have a, a Ballon d'Or 
striker in the team anymore. The thing is, it's so recent, you know, and uh, obviously with this season we're not, you know, set up yet. That's not saying that we won't win it in the future. Maybe we win it this season, but I don't think I even have to say it, you know. It's just being realistic, you know. I'm usually optimistic, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. And uh, yeah. there's, there's still things to win this season. So Yeah, she came on doors used to be very realistic, but, you know, hanging out with me has made her, like, the most, you know, pragmatist and pessimistic person you can find. Like, that's what, you know, hanging out with Farouk does. So, you know, to a person, what can I say? Okay, guys, I, I think, yeah, we've gone, I think, for more than an hour now. So let's just, you know, call it a day so people can actually go and sleep when I mean people I mean me, by the way. So, you know. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, without further ado, uh, we're just going to do some, you know, housekeeping and, you know, shout out to our um, partners and friends at Real Madrid Committee. You can, you know, check out their Instagram and, you know, the, their stuff is right down in the uh in the description below they have a lot of you know interesting content to to to, to check out and also uh for our audio listeners uh you can always you know come on to the youtube and you know join and participate you know to with our interactive chats that we have with uh the the commenters and and the viewers live and also i want to shout out to you to ashik and i think we also had uh Vinningham, if I'm, yeah, i hope i remember the name correctly uh and the others whose name or whoever i forgot like thank you guys for keeping us company like it's really really more interactive you know when we have this uh back and forth with you guys and also thanks to sunaid also for keeping us company as well and providing us you know the the, the post match of, of carlo as well and uh i think with that so i will just sign out by saying hala madrid hala madrid, hala madrid. <laughs>